If you ever wonder if your standards are too high or maybe even unrealistic for your team to meet, then this episode is for you. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. So in the US, we celebrated Thanksgiving last week, which is one of my favorite holidays. And I appreciate this because I didn't grow up with Thanksgiving. And I think that coming together with family and to practice this sense and this level of gratitude pretty intensively, I think it's such a great celebration. And I think it makes many of us be more grateful, more conscious of the things that we're thankful for. And I am too. I practice gratefulness every day in different ways. Yeah, a holiday like this just feels like that there's a whole spirit in the neighborhood, in the community, in the workplace around gratitude, which I think is awesome. And so with that in mind, I want to also express my gratitude to you. I'm grateful for you listening in. I see from the statistics that many of you are listening in every single week. I'm grateful for you showing up um, and doing this kind of work, meaning that you're curious in how you can become a better leader, that you're listening to these different perspectives that I'm sharing here and the topics And you're challenging your own thinking or maybe your approach and your style, or you're preparing yourself ahead of time to be a great leader when that time comes from you, which I think is awesome. And that in itself is already putting you at the head of the game. There's so many people who are leading and managing teams who kind of just go with the flow and they do the best that they can, but not investing in coaching, not ever investing in leadership development not ever reading a leadership book, not ever listening to a leadership podcast, but they do the things that they've always done, that they picked up maybe from their managers. They likely react to their own emotions. They react to the circumstances in the workplace and they're okay with that, but that's not you. And I'm grateful for you for not being that, but for you to care about your career and your leadership approach and the impact that you have on other people, the responsibilities that you have as a leader. And that, in fact, brings me to this week's topic, because I want to talk about having high standards and whether or not that's a problem, because maybe you've run into the situation where you really want to achieve certain things and have these high standards. But for some reason, you struggle getting your team members to meet, if not even exceed these high standards. You're not able to get there. And so the question may come up, is it me or is it them? which is very, very common. So if that's going on inside your head and you worry if your standards are too high, maybe unrealistic, or if having high standards is good enough, then know that you're not alone. This is a very common question to have. And the reason why is that as a new manager specifically, you don't have the experience and the competence yet that will fuel your confidence 
when we look at confidence overall, we can see that when we've done something many times over, it builds our competence and competence fuels our confidence. For example, if you're a developer, there's certain things in your job that you know inside out and how to do. You have high levels of competence and therefore high levels of confidence. If someone comes to you and says, can you please do this? You know exactly what good looks like. You know exactly what to do. But when you're a new manager, you don't have that yet. You don't have this level of competence built up where you can say like, oh, these are my standards. And I know for a fact that a lot of people can meet my standards because I've seen it many, many times, but there are always going to be a few people that are not meeting my standards and that's okay. It just means I have to either coach, train them, or then let them go. But you have the competence in your leadership approach and the confidence as such that you're doing the right thing. And as a new manager, you don't have that going for you. And so the doubts that may creep in are very normal. Now, there's two things I want to bring to your attention here in this podcast. When it comes to having high standards or high expectations, the first one is about responsibility. The second one is about the relationship that you have with yourself when it comes to having high standards. So starting off with responsibility. When you decide, and yes, it is a decision to have high standards, you decide for yourself, I want to have high standards. This may not be as conscious, but stick with me for a moment. You might say, yes, I am a leader who has high standards for myself and for others. This is what I want us to achieve. Here's the work product I want to um, create. These are the expectations I have on the behaviors that we demonstrate in the workplace. And you set them and you know they're high. They're not mediocre, not average, not just good enough. You want to set high standards. With that decision comes a set of responsibilities that you have, and they have to go hand in hand. You cannot have high standards, but not pick up the responsibility that comes along with it. That is the recipe for trouble. <laughs> I'm going to show you in a moment what I mean. The responsibilities here that I'm specifically referring include that you hire slow and very carefully, very intentionally. You develop strong interview skills. You do your reference calls. You, you listen and consult your gut feeling. You do a lot of things upfront to increase the likelihood that the people that you hire are able and willing to meet your high standards. The second responsibility is about coaching and training the people on your team. Having high standards mean that you have to coach and train people at a higher level. It also means that you have to learn from mistakes. You don't just criticize and reprimand mistakes. No, you pick up those mistakes and you see them as learning opportunities. You go back without judgment, just with the idea of, I want to understand what happened here. Be this a mistake I made or someone else made so we can prevent this going forward. Not fear-induced, not judgmental, but really from this mindset and leadership principle that setbacks are in fact setups. It also comes with the responsibility to not just hire well and train and coach well, but also reward well. You're setting high standards because of the success or the impact that you want to create. And when you're setting high standards for others, think about the rewards that they'll get when they meet these high standards. What motivates them to show up at that higher level? 
And I don't mean just financially, but from an extrinsic and intrinsic perspective, what gets them out of bed? Why do they go the extra mile? Why do they care about your high standards? What's in it for them? And then rewarding, recognizing, praising them and motivate them according to that. And last but not least, it also comes with the responsibility to make tough decisions. This may mean to terminate someone on your team. It may mean to have a difficult conversation with someone, to give tough feedback, to say no to things that would be so much more comfortable to say yes to. Those are the responsibilities that you have to honor when you choose to set high standards. It's really important to recognize that this decision influences all aspects of your leadership. And when you do have the high standards and you combine this with the same level of responsibility, then this is amazing. Then having high standards is great. The moment that you hold up high standards, but you don't pick up the responsibility that goes along with that, that's usually when other people perceive your standards to be unrealistic. Now, of course, we could find plenty of examples of any other just completely outrageous and unrealistic expectations, but I'm not trying to get to the tail end of this curve here. In the vast majority of cases, I want to say maybe 99% of cases, the issue with unrealistic standards is that the responsibility to hire, train, coach, support, and reward according to that level aren't met. So that's the first part that you want to consider when it comes to having high standards or high expectations. The second part is all about your relationship with yourself and your high standards for yourself. Because for us humans, our inner world and what's going on within us is reflected in how we see the outer world. So if you're someone or if you're experiencing someone, maybe a boss or a coworker, a peer, who's very critical of other people and has very high standards, almost to the point of perfectionism on other people, the chances are very high that they're highly self-critical with themselves. That might ring true for you. You know that you have high standards on other people and how they behave and how they deliver work and what they do and, and, and the work that they deliver. But you also have really high standards on yourself. And if you're critical or judgmental with other people when they don't meet the standards, it's likely that you're critical and judgmental with yourself as well when you don't meet the standards. And this may even show up with this inner conflict of, if I ever take a day off, I'm going to come across as someone is slacking. Or if I block out time in my calendar to do focused work and, and people can't reach me, then they may think that I'm not caring about them or that I don't support them or that I'm an upset manager. And so that's really a tough choice to make. It may also mean that when you do make a mistake or something that you regret after the fact, you have a lot of guilt and self-criticism running through your head of like, oh, why did you say this? Why did you do this? That's so stupid. And I can't believe that actually happened. And if this self-criticism is running the show, it usually comes from a place of fear and guilt, not feeling good enough. And those kind of negative emotions will then show up too in how you're engaging with other people when they're not meeting high standards. And for you to recognize the correlation between you meeting your own high standards and what happens if you don't versus other people meeting your high standards and what happens if they don't, this awareness is going to be really important if you want to be a good leader. 
So the key here, once you recognize this correlation, is to turn criticism into compassion. And that means the compassion that you have with others when they're not meeting your high standards, as well as the compassion that you have with yourself when you're either not meeting high standards or that you worry that you're being perceived by others as not meeting those high standards. And on that note, I want to read a quote to you from Kristen Neff, who wrote a book called Self-Compassion. She writes, unlike self-criticism, which asks if you're good enough, self-compassion asks what's good for you. Self-compassion taps into your inner desire to be healthy and happy. If you care about yourself, you'll do what you need to do in order to learn and grow. You'll want to change unhelpful patterns of behavior. So as you can see, this is very different than the self-criticism of just not being good enough, not doing enough, not, not, being, not achieving enough, letting other people down, feeling guilt, and all those negative contracting emotions. Self-compassion is a, um, a kind, caring emotion. It's looking for opportunities to grow and learn. It's also represented in this leadership principle of being an ally and not a critic. So if you're having high standards and you're criticizing people constantly, it's not sustainable and it's not going to make you an admired and respected leader. It may instill fear in the short term and people will perform based on this fear, but it's stress-inducing, exciting, creating, and not what we need in the workplace right now or any time in the future. What we need instead is someone who's believing in us, who is supporting us, someone who's an ally, who's pointing things out that we might not see otherwise, someone who has our back. That's what we need. And when you're compassionate people who are not meeting your standards versus being critical, it changes the game. And all of a sudden, you having high standards is a good thing. It's what people respect you for versus when they judge you for it because you're constantly criticizing and putting people down when they're not able to meet your high standards. The same is true for yourself, right? When you practice self-compassion and you change this inner dialogue. Now, I want to read a second quote from Kristen here. She says, we found that self-compassionate people were just as likely to have high standards for themselves as those who lacked self-compassion but they were much less likely to be hard on themselves on the occasions when they didn't meet those standards. We've also found that self-compassionate people are more oriented towards personal growth than those who continually criticize themselves. So think about this for a moment. How much do you criticize yourself and how compassionate are you? And if you feel like this is out of balance or it's in a way that is not serving you, it's not helping you show up as the best self and feel good and take care of your well-being mentally, physically, emotionally, then this is work worth doing. And just like anything, that knowledge in itself isn't going to be good enough, right? So knowing this is not going to change it for you. You have to actually practice it. This is the moment when a coach can be tremendously helpful. Because as a coach, what I do with my clients is I mirror back to them and I notice them being very self-critical because often this happens unconsciously and we're not even aware that we're doing it. And I help my clients change that inner dialogue so that by doing this work, all of a sudden, the compassionate self-talk is happening by default. But it takes work to get there because right now, the self-criticism might be the default pattern. 
in order to change that, it just means building the awareness and then reframing over and over again. Having the right support and the right coach in your corner is going to be the catalyst for you to achieve that success, for you to achieve that level. And when you get there and you have this compassion for yourself, you will naturally be a way more compassionate leader to others. And from this place of compassion, having high standards is going to be amazing. People want to work for people who have high standards and support their people in reaching them. It's inspiring, in fact. So instead of wondering if you should keep up with your high standards or if they're too un unrealistic, I hope that through this podcast, you recognize that mm, that's the wrong question to ask. The question to ask is, am I picking up the responsibilities that come along with having high standards? And am I developing a compassionate relationship with myself, with my own high standards? And then am I showing up with other people from place of compassion versus criticism? when I encourage, foster, nurture an environment where we practice these high standards. Those two questions are the right questions to ask. Now, I'd love to hear how this lands with you, how this resonates with you, and how you might relate to what we just talked about in this podcast. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn or on Instagram or send me an email at ramona at ramonashaw.com. I'll link to all that in the show notes. And if you have a coworker or a colleague or a friend who would benefit from hearing this perspective as well, please do share it along to help them have the confidence to hold up their high standards, but then also provide that support to others and themselves in order to create a sustainable, high-performing environment. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.